It is uh, the third hour of the morning show here on KDAL. We're at 812. It's uh, Wednesday, which means Neil Atkins joins us, as he does every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Good morning, Neil. Dave, I'm here for you and our beloved audience. Well, get your mic a little closer. Listen to us. Oh, there you go. Hi. Now, do you hear me? You turn me off all the time. I can hear you now. Oh, I'm glad you weren't close enough first time around. Dave, it's good to see you again. Well, you brought a special guest with you this morning. Yes, I do. Which is kind of cool. Well, we have my friend Ashley's here with us. (laughs) How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good, good. Former candidate for city council. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Dave asked you what you're doing with all those lawn signs. <laughs> right now, just stocking them up, and we'll, we'll see how it goes in the floor. But I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of them. We got to figure out how to hide them or get rid of them. So I know. I, I, have, I often wondered what happened to old lawn signs. You know, they, they well, have to be picked up, obviously, when the campaigning is over. But well, now they're plastic. Oh. And I think uh, I otherwise they, you could burn them in the fireplace. Right. I, I believe they can be recycled. <laughs> mine. I kept a couple of mine, but I had a storage unit filled with them. Yeah. And I finally, I decided I wasn't going to run again, so I got rid ah, of them all. All right. And uh, but you keep them until you decide what you're going to end up doing. So. Well, I heard another thing you can do is you can make board games out of them now that they can get reused and stuff. But I don't know oh. if I want to look at my signs for <laughs> ad nauseum while I'm playing games. But well, when we used to, we used to have to make them ourselves. So we go down, we go to so when Superwood used to be around, we go and buy. The, the thinner sheets of uh, press board, ah. and then you'd cut them to the size that you'd want. Then we'd go and paint them, and then we'd silk screen them. Okay, then we'd have wooden stakes. We'd nail them. We we had a little method of doing it. I, I had this big like a big metal pole that we put into the ground and dug a, a little hole. Sure. Pounded the sign in or the post in. And then we'd nail the signs on each side to the post. So okay, so we had this little process of two of us doing it. We found that if we put them together beforehand and then pounded it in, mm. it'd jiggle the nails and the signs would fall off. So we ended up <laughs> oh, doing it that way. So always, when you're out there campaigning, whatever you're running for, whether it's for a local office or, or whatever, your line signs disappear. Mm. And sometimes... People blame the opposition that they're evilly coming in and stealing your lawn signs. Well, once in a while that happens. But in in the case when we used to make our own signs at the press board, I'd be going around a neighborhood, and here's, here's some kids with a uh, skateboard ramp, and guess what it is? My sign. Yep. Yeah. So that's exactly. So anyway, it's it's yeah. it's w- whatever happens on all that deal. But, uh, so now you are uh, keeping an eye on things, aren't you? Yeah, still staying involved and still meeting up people in the community and um, just trying to help kind of, you know, minimize the the, uh, the political environment we have right now with the div- divisiveness. So trying to reach out to both sides and seeing where we can come and kind of reach in the middle. Well, you know, and, and I think I think there's more people, you know, they always talk about on the, fed, on the national level and the state level, they talk about mm-hmm. bipartisanship, but it just... Sometimes it doesn't work. Hard to lo- find lately, I'll tell it you. It is. It's hard to find. <laughs> right. on, on the local level, I think you can find that. I. What, what's interesting is, you know, whether it's people supporting uh, the mayor or her opponent, Roger Reinhardt, there's different people from different walks of life that decide to support their candidate. And sometimes the collage of indivi- individuals coming together, it's... Uh, depending on who's running for what, 
is interesting. Yeah. Because uh, now, if if I went to uh, Roger Reiner, let's say if I went to a fundraiser for Roger Reiner, I would see Democrats, Republicans, Independents, and whoever else there. Sure. And if I went to a fundraiser for the mayor, I'd probably see a combination of the same, but maybe a little bit more slanted on the on the Democrat side or a, a more liberal side, possibly. But it but it's interesting on where you come together because I know when I when I ran, I'd been active in the Republican Party, and it always irritated me when the newspaper would say, "Oh, Neil Atkins, a Republican running mm-hmm. for city council." And I go, it's a nonpartisan race. Mm. And I don't have the endorsement of the Republican Party. But it didn't make any difference because people, Democrats and Republicans, voted for me because they liked what my platform was or whatever. And if it wasn't for Democrats, I would never get elected in Duluth. So in the local election where technically it is nonpartisan, people can kind of throw away that party label Mm -hmm. and vote for whoever the heck they want. So. There's, there's my little insight for the <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think we need to, you know, uh, come together where we can. We're all people at the end of the day, yeah. and we have basic needs. And it says, you know, city hall. It doesn't say representing a certain party specifically. It says the whole city as, as it is. And that means you have to be able to connect and talk in, in ways that we're both speaking the same language. And yeah. I think parties can... They're important for understanding our individual bias and certain ways of approaching issues, but at the end of the day, it has to be about the people and the policy first. Oh, you got that straight. You got that straight. Dave, do we have to do a little jig here? Or we we can to- certainly take a break and be right back. More of the morning show coming up. We're approaching 819 here on KDAO. Now, this is the KDAO Morning Show. I took my troubles down to Madame Rue. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. She's got a pad down a pretty fork and vine. Selling little bottles of love potion number nine. Good old love potion number nine. Have you tried that one, Neil? I haven't. But okay, I never I really wondered. needed it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for love potion my, number ten because nine never worked for me. So my distinct, yeah. loving personality was the only love potion. Well, there you go. I like that. All right, Ashley is with us. Ashley, you ran for city council. Give us a. You obviously uh, uh, came up a little short. Sure. But Wednesday morning quarterbacking, since the elections were on Tuesday, what what can you do next time that you would do differently if you were to run again? I think it's difficult, uh, you know, coming out of the race and you don't have this big uh, establishment backing behind Uh, you um, that does kind of put you at a low edge. Um, I'm really proud of what I did, though, because I went across the spectrum of people in the city and I met people wherever they they need to be and and made sure to keep an open communication line with people. So I'm just going to continue going forward and developing those connections and keeping out there and letting people know that if they want responsiveness, I'm someone that they can go to and hopefully... Good take idea. that in the future. Yeah. Dave, she's got the fire in her belly. I know. It sounds that way. Yeah. That's good. Well, and you know, and now you got a little time to prepare for the next one, you it, see. It's always at first you don't succeed, <laughs> you go for it again. Yeah. And, you know, I, the first time I ran for something, I ran for county commissioner. And I lived out in the township, mm-hmm. and, uh, out by uh, Grand Lake Township in the Twig area, Pike Lake area. And uh, I was like uh, 25. I go and knock on doors. You look pretty young, kid. <laughs> well, I'm 25, and I've been in the military, and uh, yeah. I don't think I'm 
well, maybe I'm young in your mind, but I'm not that young. <laughs> Let it yeah. So I finished fifth in the primary out of five people, okay? All right. Sure. And uh, it was a great learning experience and uh, met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Got to know all the county commissioners and all the executives uh, with the county and a lot of county employees. And it was worthwhile. And it kind of stimulated me to think about down the road, maybe something else. So I kind of kept active. And uh, I was the uh, township constable when they used to have them at Grand Lake. And that was actually elected, but nobody ever ran against you, okay? You, yeah. I got appointed, <laughs> then I ran for re-election unopposed. Ah. So that wasn't the real deal. But then when I, when I uh, ran again, I moved, had, I, I'd moved into Duluth, and I decided to run for the city council, and there was an open seat. And I ran at large just like you did. And at large is a tough, is a tough cookie there's a lot of crack. a lot of room to cover too. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, you you if you want to make any sort of way, you better be everywhere and in every district. So wow. yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of ground to cover for sure. Mm. And you you learn about all the neighborhoods in Duluth. Yeah, and uh, you're going from Fondulac out to Lakeside, and people are thinking differently in each neighborhood. Mm. And uh, I found I I lived in West Duluth, and I found that uh, a lot of people in West Duluth felt that they'd gotten the short end of the stick from the people out on the eastern side of town. Mm. And there was kind of that little bit of division. Then at the time, there were there were four high schools going on in Duluth. Morgan Park was still around. Central was around, of course, Denfeld and East. And then there was uh, Cathedral, which is the Marshall School now. Yep. So you see all these different dynamics, all the different neighborhoods. You know, it, and it, what's interesting is when some people moved to town that didn't grow up here, they don't understand what uh where the 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 railroad trestle that yeah. comes down out by Wade Stadium. Where the is, divisions to the neighborhoods are located. Division yeah. between the West End <laughs> and West Duluth. And don't call West Duluth the West End, <laughs> let me tell you. Wow. <laughs> and we all that. I often wonder where East East and Lakeside, what the difference is. But I guess there's a two Le- separate Lester, Lester Park and yeah. Lakeside. Yeah, yeah. There's a distinct right. little difference right. there too. So and you you find that out especially for the people that have lived there all their life, if you yeah. misspeak, they're <laughs> on you quick. Right. Yeah. That's... So, so, and you found, you know, issues are issues. We had Roger Rannett on the show last week, and the mayor's been on here, and other people running for office. And uh, you you saw some of the, the issues seem to be collectively the same. I think so, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of shades of difference on each side of the political spectrum, but basically for most people it seems to be we just want – government to work as efficiently as effectively as possible and help get the things done that we can't individually do ourselves so things like mass snow plowing um making sure our streets are effective the general idea of things that we individuals cannot be in control over so it seems to be we have a lot of commonalities including property taxes yep oh yeah property taxes is certainly an issue there too as an onlooker now do you support either of the two mayoral candidates or yes i do actually and i've i've I, I think that they both have their strengths and their weaknesses, depending on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But I haven't certainly shied away from the fact that I have supported Roger Reiner within this election cycle. Okay. Um, I think that it's healthy to ask for a term limit to this role and ah. for asking for a change. So. Okay. Yeah, three terms is the max. Well, mm-hmm. it, I mean, you can run as many times as you want, but the the most anybody has ever served is, has been three terms. Oh. And that was Gary Doty. And uh, John Fido mm. and Don Ness did two terms. Sure. 
And uh, Emily Larson, of course, Roger wants her to do only two turns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, going for three, she is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe way back in the old days when yeah. when it was a different form of government. <laughs> uh, I've never done the research on how long in the olden days uh, mayors served, but it was a different form of government then. When the city back in the 1950s, they switched from a commission type of government to a charter system, which we have a charter commission. Oh. And uh, that's where you have a strong mayor and a part-time weak city council. But the council that's got the biggest power the council has is the money. Yeah, I often wonder why, where the term strong mayor comes from. I mean, does the mayor have the veto power over anything the council does? No, not, okay. a, not in this deal. Now, there are some, for instance, uh, uh, there are some communities, smaller communities, where the mayor is part-time and is a part of the council. Oh, and I that's see. a weak mayor form of government. Oh, okay. And that, the mayor has a vote as every other councilor does, and and, uh, and then you actually have a city administrator that really runs the show. Uh, and for Duluth, when you look at it, there <clears throat> is it. They call him the administrative assistant, but that person is a professional uh, admin person who uh, uh, runs runs the show. the The mayor. Even though the mayor is full time, when, when you, it's interesting when people talk about qualifications. Sure. So, people say, "Well, Reiner's not qualified." What, what do you mean he's not qualified? Was Emily Larson qualified when she first ran? She, her background, she was a social worker. Yeah. She never had administrative experience running the city. Roger Reiner's never had administrative assistant running the city, although he did run the deck briefly. I guess until you're mayor, you don't have mayoral experience, right? That's right. John Fido never <laughs> right. uh, beat Bob, incumbent Bob Bowden uh, mm. was beat in the primary. <laughs> Don Ness beat out incumbent Herb Bergson in the primary. Mm. Yeah. Don Ness had never run the city. Right. Now, Bergson had run Superior. Oh, that's right. Before he did that, he was a police officer mm-hmm. full time on the beat in Superior. He became the mayor over there and then moved over here, and it took him a while, but he made it one term, and then he got beat out in the primary. Mm. So uh, so what is what is the resume? You know, it, the resume is what you sell to the public, and they think you're the most capable person as long as you surround yourself with, with capable and competent administrative staff that know what they're doing. Yeah, and I don't think anyone prepares you for that specific moment of time when you're entering in. Right. Um, there's a whole host of issues that could be popping up, and you could – be really strong in one select area of government, and then there's a whole ball of wax that com- comes in during your term. And it's basically, I think it just comes down to what are the cumulative qualifications you're bringing and how effectively can you unite and get people around you to support that vision. There you go. Being a quick learner would help. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what you <laughs> hope for. Well, it's kind of like, uh, what the heck was it? There was a, a movie, I think Robert Redford was in it, called The Candidate. Oh, oh yeah. And he ran for U.S. Senate. And it was a long shot. And he got elected, and he goes, what do I do now? And his campaigning manager, you'll learn, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. That happens. That happened in the uh, state government when I think Jesse Ventura won. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected, probably not even him, that he'd win. And when he gets elected, oh, now what? <laughs> now, now what the heck am I gonna, You better put yeah. together a good staff. All know. right. We're going to take another break, and we'll be back. More of the morning show here on KDAL coming up on 832.
8.35 here on the morning show. Some Tommy Rowe getting dizzy this morning. Well, I'm not dizzy. We're less than a week away from the election, Neil. I know. It's coming upon us. Here here we are, November 1st, and Sunday we have to set our clocks back. Somebody asked me, didn't they do away with daylight saving time? I said, no. they. Well, actually, they were going to keep daylight savings time. I think the Senate voted for that, but the uh, Congress or the House of Representatives has yet to chime in on the uh, action. So they're the holdup at this point. That's why we're changing our clocks. Never going to change. I hope that I, I, I get sick of changing them. I wouldn't mind having one time stay one time all year. Yeah, long. just pick one or the other. Yeah, it doesn't really matter which. But I, I like the late nine o'clock sunset in the summer. So that's yeah, always good. I like the daylight savings. Frustrating time. thing is in your vehicles, almost every oh. car <laughs> to change the clock in your car is like, you know, you, you need, yeah. need a playbook. The new I, ones, I think, Neil, the new ones are better now. They, they are better. They're actually satellite-controlled or something. But I, I had one I had uh, uh, one vehicle. It was so easy to change the <laughs> clock on it. And then I remember what, I had like a, yeah. a, a 85 or 86 rusted out Bonneville. <laughs> and it was like you, yeah. you had to use about four fingers, yeah. both hands. Hold the fast-forward button the down same while you're turning to get the, the knob. Clock. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. It was and turn your left turn signal on, and then you can... Yeah, uh, just crazy <laughs> stuff. So, right. uh, so a couple of them I just gave up, and I left the time on, and I always knew I was either an hour ahead or an hour behind, and <laughs> I just adjusted <laughs> All right. on the clock. So back to city stuff. Controversy. Monday mm-hmm. night at the city council meeting, apparently some people called in, I didn't realize they were still doing this because of COVID. They take phone calls, not verifying where the people are calling from or who they are. Wow. And uh, started uh, some pretty hateful speech towards uh, the Jewish community. Wow. And apparently one person said the Holocaust was a hoax and, mm. and on and on and on. And the debate was whether or not it was just one person that was calling. There was a bunch of them. Ashley, you heard a little bit more about this too, didn't you? Yeah, so from what I've heard, and I don't know if it's been verified yet, but that it was one person potentially changing their voice and making multiple calls. Oh, boy. Um, but, I mean, it's also possible that in this dynamic it could have been others, but that's what I've heard so far. Yeah. Well, apparently, Monday evenings, uh, here's from the News Tribune, uh, yeah. disturbing events included three back-to-back calls from speakers intent upon making racist, anti-Semitic, yeah. and at times profane comments that were carried live on radio and public access TV. Now, here, we cut you off. Now, well, yeah, right. Uh, and actually, There we, should be some sort of uh, screening process, I would think, uh, before they'd put people... Well, we used to have... I don't know if you have a time delay on, on this, on here. Yeah, well, I can see, you know, having the public uh, able to speak. Yes. And over the phone is a neat idea, uh, again, because of maybe issues where you can't get to City Hall. But there must be a screening process where you can... Determine what it is you're going to speak about. Obviously, they haven't had that. Yeah. And now this is what happens. Mm. It's a bad egg comes in, right. and it smacks you in the back of the head, and now you got to do a screening process. <laughs> well, and this is where, you know, you hope that people are engaging the democratic process with as much intent, good intention as possible, mm-hmm. but it always helps and pays off to be as best prepared as possible because if it's open, it's, it means everyone. And it, If it's wide... <laughs> yeah. it, you, you don't know where they're calling from. Now, here we've got a caller. I think you've got caller ID over here, don't you, Dave? Yeah. yeah so we know the phone number. That sure. Comes 
So if it's a 218 or a 715 number, it's from Duluth or Superior. But you can manipulate those, Neil. Now you can. Now you can. <laughs> you never but, know where they're coming from anymore. Well, all of a sudden, if there's a 202 number, Washington, D.C., <laughs> right. or 703, uh, Maryland, and all, or... Uh, Unlisted. Or unlisted. <laughs> right. Or all of a sudden, it comes through and it says, spam. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You know. Right. So... Obviously, and I poor Janet Kennedy. I, I felt I know Janet. I felt bad for her because she's running the show as the mm. president there, and all of a sudden you have this nonsense. The, well, and it's shocking when you hear, initially hear it. It feels like a train coming at you. You know how do you stop stop that kind of situation? But um, I'm hoping that this is a good learning lesson about you know here at first we we stop it, and then yeah. hopefully the council can come up with some sort of protocol in the future to help alleviate this. On in-person speakers, do they have to stay on topic? I mean, is is that open for anybody to talk about anything? Well, when you're there, you come in and sign up, and you sign up on uh, whatever topic the council is discussing, or you can sign up. uh, They've kind of changed things a little bit different than Hmm. than I when I was there. For instance, if if we were discussing an ordinance, uh, there would be time people could kind of sign up and speak on the ordinance. Right. And then at the end of the council meeting, you allowed people to come and talk about anything. Oh, if their okay. pothole was bad on the street or if, yeah. or if the, the cops were mean or, or whatever the case is, they could come and talk on that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had people get out of hand. We'd have a button by the the uh, presidents that would buzz the police. Oh, to get wow. an off. And at times we had off plainclothes officers in the audience mm-hmm. because we had controversial mm-hmm. subjects that got pretty crazy at times. And we had people that uh, some people got out of control, and there were people at times that had to be removed. Now, mm-hmm. now this happened a few years back. Uh, it was it's probably at least uh, maybe five, six years ago on the pipeline issues. Yes. When we had uh, a bunch of mass people come into the city council meeting and literally take over and stand behind the counselors. Oh, boy. And the police chief was standing in the doorway... The police did not remove them. These people came in and took over, and uh, there was a potential for some real issues. Yeah. They, they stopped. They stopped the meeting, and uh, and and that's something that probably shouldn't have been allowed to happen. But the concern was if they forcibly tried to grab these masked marauders, uh, what's going to happen? And so they allowed them to finally take off. But uh, but it was it was pretty much touch and go. Wow. It was. Uh, so you, you just don't know. Of course, yeah. And now the calls calls like this where you you had, there you had control, and they didn't, the council lost control in that incident where the council was taken over. And on the phone call. There's you, no, no control. control, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pretty crazy stuff. Pretty All right. Crazy stuff, so. We'll take another break and return. More of the morning show coming up, 842 here at KDAO. The KDAO Morning Show. It is uh, 8.44 already at KDAL. Here's some three-dog night. I understand they did not play in Duluth. They were supposed to, but somebody got sick and they rescheduled. Oh, my. So I didn't know that. Well, they played down at Bayfront one time for yeah, us. Yeah, but uh, just a couple weeks ago they were supposed 90s, to be uh, performing and never did. Uh, Ashley is with us this morning. She is. And uh, Stan, I think, is on the phone. Stan, what's shaking up the shore there? Good morning. It's a beautiful day. Uh, yeah. Light off land breeze. 
snow is going to go here by the weekend or after. I'm mm. pretty sure. Hey, you know, you're not going to hold on to uh, this government or this freedom if you don't sometimes have to fight for it. And when those three guys stood up there behind you, um, what do you call those uh, councilmen there? And the, the police stood in the back, you said? Is that oh, yeah, when the, uh, this happened, oh, maybe five, six, seven years ago. Uh, let me pl- plug in Ashley here for a second, Dave. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought she was uh, plugged in. Plugged in. Yep. Can you hear me now, as they used to say on the AT&T <laughs> yeah, I'm commercials? Not there. Nope. Still not, huh? Now I can get it. Oh, yep. all right. Good deal. Okay, go ahead, Stan. Sorry, Stan. My uh, guest here didn't have her headset. She couldn't hear what you were saying there. No problem. I'm, I'm glad you hooked her up. <laughs> yeah, we got, she's all hooked up. <laughs> I would have to say, why didn't a couple of those city council members stand up and pull out their nines and put the pointed at them and say, no, hands up, tell the police to get up there and arrest every one of them and take their masks off? Well, I know uh, Jay Fosley was sitting there. He was on the city council at the time, and and uh, I he was ready. He he was ready to do something. The problem is they had uh, five, six, uh, seven, eight people standing behind the city councilors, and these were big guys. Hmm. And uh, you know, and the police didn't do anything. Well, and, right. and I, I know the re- the reason w- the, they didn't do anything because they thought it would have created a riot because they had all these other people in there, well. but. You know, look at all the controversy that happened in uh, uh, January in in two thousand uh, twenty twenty one. Yeah. With it, it, at the federal, where people came in and actually occupied the House of Representatives. Okay, and um, and you know all the reps took off, but they shouldn't have done that, and the people in Duluth shouldn't have done that, because now you have, you know, you you opened the door. You've opened up the door for disruption and civil disobedience. Nobody's going to pay attention to, to you guys again or the city council. Right. If they worked up enough, they'll just walk in there and do it again. So, uh, but you gotta have a, before you go in there, you've got to have a kind of a plan and an agreement amongst the city councilors that if this happens, this will happen. Nah. And I'll tell you, back in the, back in the day, I know... Uh, depending on who's mayor and who's in charge, and this happened under Emily Larson's watch. This is within the last two terms when this occurred. Uh, I know that if it would have been under the Fido administration or the um, uh, Doty Ness administration, possibly uh, something like this wouldn't have been allowed to happen. Did you ever catch any of those guys? Actually, uh, they did. Ident- they went up to the uh, Two Harbors area and went in and barged into a chamber of commerce meeting oh, scared the hell out of them and they ended up calling the police and they did detain them uh down the road i don't know if it's the mm-hmm. same guys or not but unfortunately it was a tribal group of well, it was a, a native american group it wasn't blessed by the the tribe right but it was activists dealing with the whole mm-hmm. pipeline controversy and uh and they tried to scare some people up at two harbors i knew a whole bunch of people that were in that meeting and uh, and they, you know, it, it was they representatives from Embridge had come up to speak, and they had left, and all of a sudden these people barged in, and then they took off because, but the police did find them down the road. So uh, and actually there was one guy there was a warrant out for one of the guys for something else. So okay, yeah. well you guys have a beautiful day. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Thanks. Appreciate it. So you never know how things got out of control and. 
and you just can't be doing stuff like that. Right. And I know we had some issues here in the building a few years back when the pipeline stuff was going on. Enbridge has offices in the building, and right. people were milling back and forth in the hallways here. They were transferred in by bus and all that jazz. Good Lord. And, uh, you know, everybody's sitting in here. The doors are locked here and wondering what's going on. And the police started, They did have a presence after a while when they tried The police to, came in, and uh, after a while, there was police out here all the time uh, in the corridors just making sure nothing was going to happen. So, sure. But, well, Ashley, yeah. what got you politically involved? I mean, how did this all start for you? What, so what kind of lit up the light bulb in your head? Hey, I want to do this uh, political stuff. Yeah, I would say it's been kind of like a, a slow, consistent journey over my life. Okay. For, my, uh, for myself, my dad actually was involved in a lot of union activity, um, particularly the Emmy mm -hmm. um, uh, a strike. Uh, he was a big part, portion of that, and he always told me growing up, you know, if you have a strong opinions don't feel afraid afraid to like make them known and be involved in it just Very cool. just don't just talk but walk your walk right and so for me that grew up to uh being the political editor on the school newspaper working with a couple organizations in the community at my college and then eventually coming here you know having a kid changes your perspective you don't want oh, things, yeah. you know to be the way they are just for yourself but you want your kid to have the same upbringing as you if it was a positive one that's that's what i, I want to be involved for very nice so what do you think? What do you think about the election? We might as well uh, uh, look and see what we think is going to happen next <laughs> Tuesday. Sure. So now you ran at large. Yeah. Uh, Eric Forsman is the only incumbent uh, in the at-large race, so there's an open seat. So how do you think it's going to turn out? Do you think Forsman's got a chance? He, it would appear to me he's got a good chance to make it for a second term. Yeah, I mean, the incumbent advantage itself is pretty powerful mm -hmm. in almost all races to begin with. Um, so he has that name recognition. He already has that past experience in in the office, and also it helps that he, in the primary he was number one vo highest vote getter. So that sticks in the current event of people's memories. Um, I think he has obviously a great shot at. I think it's the big fight is going to be for the second spot. Second spot, and so who do you think's going to be? Who's coming on strong now? Nephew, I see a lot of her signs out there. Yeah, there's but definitely that connection there. Yelke, I see a bunch of her signs too. So uh, sure. So what do you think? It's those two that are going to fight it out for the second spot? I do, but I think that uh, Miranda Pacheco is going to have a bunch of surprise votes that might uh, m might shock people. I've noticed, especially in the background, there it seems to be kind of a war between Yeagle or Miranda being over the line or who has the most uh, opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I think the second spot is going to be a pretty close race, though, between Nephew and Yeagle, if I had to put on it. Well, Nephew's uh, background is in real estate. She's a realtor, I believe. Sure. And Yelke is, works for the Sierra Club. Yep. And uh, I, I get mailings from the Sierra Club and emails from them because I donated to them uh, once. I, I donate. But here's the problem about donating to something. <laughs> They'll have your name forever. <laughs> They've got well, it's it. It's not just them. They've got a list I of get those. a yep. stack. Right? I know. <laughs> I, for causes, I have no idea. And then also, right. I get one, there's a half a dollar <laughs> bill, uh, a coin in there thinking that you're going to write right. the check. And I never knew there were so many donkey rescues out there. Oh, I, my there's goodness. There's like three or four donkey rescue pitches that I get. Oh, but boy. back back to the uh, <laughs> at, at large race. So, Pachinko. Yep. Now, she's a former felon. She was on the wrong side of the law once upon a time and sure. obviously cleaned up her act. So people have said, oh, my God, a felon is running. Well, wait a second. There's yeah. been two former city councilors in the past 
who had felon rec- felony records at one point in time in their life, and they were absolved of it, served oh, yeah. their time, and you pay your did debt, whatever, you and be got back. their yeah. rights back, and and they never destroyed the city or ripped off the city or anything like that. So, you know, that doesn't hold a lot of water in that respect, but it's obviously bringing forth a campaign that you can. Uh, so, so you think she might be surprised? Uh, surprised there. I think in certain ways, yeah. I, I've interacted with all the at-large candidates, and I get along pretty well with them, and I think they all have their own qualifications depending on how you, uh, how you view their platform. Um, I think for Miranda, what's going to be really interesting is we're now kind of ushering a political field where there's going to be no chance of a candidate without some sort of mistake or past behind them, especially in the age of social media. So yeah. whether you're coming as an ex-felon or coming as someone who you know did a mistake in college, there's going to be some sort of obstacle that a candidate's going to face, and it's going to be how those candidates approach that. But I hope if she doesn't make it through that she at least thinks about a commission in the future. You post something, it never goes away. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. You email right. somebody, it never goes away. Uh, yeah, we you can record text. on our phones. There's there's <laughs> no escaping anything. Right. You can't. back. And this is what I always told people. I said, don't leave. Now, before we uh, got into texting, yeah. people make calls and leave messages, horrendous messages on answering machines. I'm going... You just got the evidence there. Yeah, if, you helped me. Now yeah. I can just. <laughs> <laughs> you email me something, I archive them. Even, even if you delete your emails, even if you delete your texts. Yeah, they have caches of it. Or if can, you do a screen cap, you have a picture of it. Yeah. You can go in, you can take your phone. If you smash your phone on the ground, <laughs> somebody's going to be able to yeah. go in and get all your data out of there, all the phone numbers, that, all the phone calls you made, and on and on and on. Wow. And it's there. Yeah. And still people do stupid stuff constantly. Got to be careful nowadays. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Even more so than in the past. When yeah. Everybody's got skeletons in their closet oh, at some true. point, it yeah. seems like. So, so now you, they're easier to track down now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm not running for anything. Ah, right that now. was <laughs> it. And we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back to wrap up the show. The loss of a loved one can leave you with a lot of unanswered questions. Feelings of stress, anxiety, and grief that can make the decisions about a funeral feel overwhelming. Our family at Sunrise Funeral Home, Cremation Services, and Cemetery are here to guide you through the aspects of planning services. We are available to assist you in making funeral service and cemetery arrangements in your time of need. We are also available to meet you about pre-planning arrangements and current available locations for your future or at-need burials. Please call Sunrise at 218-727-6869 when the need arises. 218-727-6869 and our family will be there to serve yours. Do you feel like your church has moved on and left you behind? Do you want to sing traditional hymns and hear Jesus Christ proclaimed in worship? Would you like to be part of a church that believes and follows the whole Bible? Are you looking for a church more like what you grew up with? Come visit Mount Olive Lutheran Church, 2012 East Superior Street in Duluth. Sunday morning service at 9.30, our website, mountolivedeluth.org. That's mtolivedeluth.org. 
It is 8.56, the morning show here on KDAL. Forecast calling for mostly cloudy skies this morning, then partly sunny the rest of the day. Mid-30s, the best will do for a high. That's still way below normal for this time of year, but uh, warm enough to get rid of some of the snow we got yesterday. So we have Ashley's forecast here. (laughs) So now Ashley had the uh, privilege of running at large for city council, and she didn't make it through the primary, but she got to know all the candidates. So we assessed... The at-large race, which you were in. What about the 5th District? Uh, Ginka Tarnowski's running against Janet Kennedy. How do you think that's going to play out there? I think it's going to be really close. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it could go either way for me. I think they both have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Ginka's clearly wanting to freshen up the race and bring something different. Um, and she's definitely focused on, especially the zoning side of the argument. So if that's a concern yep. for business owners, they're going to align with that. But Janet Kennedy also brings to the table experience and an understanding of how to network within City Hall, too. So it's depending on where you're going and how you feel is going to best serve West Duluth. Gotcha. Uh, fourth District, we've got uh, Tara Swenson and Howie Hansen yep. uh, running. What do you think is going to happen there? I think it's going to be close, too, but I think Tara's going to take it out by a hair. Yep. Um, I've seen her definitely get out there, and she clearly is passionately wanting wanting that spot. Um, you know, Obviously, Howie has an incumbent advantage in some way because he's served before. But I think, you know, the most recent memory is the one that sticks when you go into the ballot box and tear my ticket. Well, Howie was on eight years ago, and he was defeated Vanette. Yeah. Uh, she beat him. And uh, so that'll be an interesting. And she, uh, Tara, has been working hard in that district. I know she's been going all over the place. Now we've got the far eastern part of town. Yeah. And that's been kind of a sleeper out there. What do you think is going <laughs> to happen there? It is. It's been kind of interesting. Um, I think that both candidates have an a, a, their own advantage in there too. You know, Wendy Drewwalker definitely has DFL, has multiple endorsements behind her. So if you're, you know, a big, big wig within the political industry, you're probably going to be more aligned to seeing her materials necessarily, or, or be more uh, prone to voting for her. But Tim has been really getting out there a lot, and he's been door knocking, and he's been having ads, and um, it's he's making connections. So it could be a tough one. What about the Democratic Socialists of America? They kind of got their. Uh, toe in the wrong spot on on some of the stuff that came out they endorsed a bunch of candidates and then they spotted off on the palestinian and israeli crisis that's going on yeah i think i i definitely i would consider myself a progressive individual but i don't agree with all of the campaign strategies that have been rolling out thus far mm-hmm. this election that's certainly something as as a candidate myself i've said that i want to stick to serving duluth yep. and the duluth issues and Palestine and those kind of issues, I think, are better Got equipped that. for people who have expertise. All right, Ashley, thanks for coming and joining us. We're, yeah. Dave wants us to wrap it up. So I'm sorry run. we got news coming up. What All right. I tell you? More news than this news. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll follow that up with the final hour of the morning show here on KDAL. I love-